Thank you, Maddie, for that ministry of music, and thank you, each one, for coming out tonight on this holiday weekend. Good to see you. Appreciate your being here. Tonight we conclude the book of Malachi. Next Sunday, as you heard announced, is Fellowship Sunday, which means we have no evening service. And then, Lord willing, the week after that, uh, I'm beginning the book of Revelation. So we'll hope that you will come back as we work our our way through uh, the book of Revelation. But tonight, we look at the close and... We look at the issue, was John the Baptist the Elijah spoken of in Malachi 4, 5, and 6? So tonight uh, we will be all over the place looking at references to both uh, John the Baptist and Elijah and uh, see what we can ascertain from the New Testament regarding this particular portion of Scripture. But it reads in Malachi 4, 5, and 6, Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet, before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes. And he will turn the hearts of fathers to their children, and the hearts of children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the land with a decree of utter destruction. So we begin by looking at the denial of John the Baptist. John the Baptist denied that he was Elijah. John the Baptist was directly asked as to whether he was Elijah or not. John 1.21, they asked him, what then, are you Elijah? He said, I'm not. He said, are you the prophet? He answered, no. The prophet refers to the one that is prophesied in Deuteronomy chapter 18, that there would arise a prophet, and that particular prophet, uh, it appears to be uh, Jesus himself. Uh, But... um, So John the Baptist is saying, I'm not the prophet of Deuteronomy 18, and I'm not Elijah. The question is then asked, if not Elijah, then who is he? They said, who are you? We need to give an answer to those who sent us. What do you say about yourself? The question has to do not with John the Baptist's person, but rather his ministry. And so John the Baptist identified himself as the person that Isaiah prophesied Concerning in Isaiah chapter 40, verse 3, he said, I am the voice of one crying out in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord, as the prophet Isaiah said. So John the Baptist identifies himself as the figure that Isaiah was speaking of, of one that would come to prepare the way of the Lord. This is a quotation of Isaiah chapter 40, verse 3. A voice cries in the wilderness, prepare the way of the Lord, Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. And I gave it to you in the King James as well. Number two, this thought is alluded to in the book of Malachi as well. Behold, I send my messenger, and he will prepare the way before me. So Malachi chapter 3 verse 1 
would appear to refer to John the Baptist. Thus, John the Baptist is identified as a forerunner to Jesus. So what specifically was John the Baptist denying? Was he denying that he was the fulfillment of Malachi 4 or 5? Or was he denying that he was the Elijah of the Old Testament? That's just a thought to throw out there as we continue in the study. Uh, John the Baptist was not the reincarnated Elijah. John the Baptist was not the Elijah of the Old Testament reincarnated. The Bible does not teach reincarnation, but rather resurrection. One does not continue on in the form of another person. One is resurrected to the very same person that one was before death. Elijah himself, the person of the Old Testament, appeared to the disciples on the Mount of Transfiguration. Remember, Jesus is on the Mount, and Moses and Elijah appear and speak with Jesus. Matthew 17, 1 and following. And after six days, Jesus took with him Peter and James and John, his brother, and led them up a high mountain by themselves. And he was transfigured before them, and his face shone like the sun, and the clothes became white as light. And behold, there appeared to them Moses and Elijah talking with him. And Peter said to Jesus, Lord, is it good that we are here? If you wish, I will make three tents here, one for you and one for Moses and one for Elijah. He was still speaking when, a, behold, a bright cloud overshadowed them, and a voice from the cloud said, This is my beloved Son, with whom I am well pleased. Listen to him. When disciples heard this, they fell on their faces and were terrified. The appearance of Elijah prompted a question on the part of the disciples. They asked, why do the scribes teach that Elijah must precede the coming of the Messiah? John 17, 9, as they were coming down the mountain, Jesus commanded them, tell no one the vision until the Son of Man is raised from the dead. And the disciples asked him, then, why do the scribes say that Elijah must come? All right, out of Malachi chapter 4. Jesus states that Elijah indeed is indeed coming. He answered, Elijah does come, and he will restore all things. Jesus went on to say that Elijah was already come. But I tell you that Elijah has already come, and they did not recognize him, but did to him whatever they pleased, so also the Son of Man will certainly suffer at their hands. The disciples understood that when Jesus was speaking of Elijah already having come, he was speaking of John the Baptist, Matthew 17, 13. Then the disciples understood that he was speaking to them of John the Baptist. Are we to understand from Christ's words that Elijah, the Old Testament prophet, is still coming, and there is yet a future restoration work for Elijah to perform? Because he said Elijah does come, and he will restore all things. So what is Jesus saying? Um, on the one hand, he's saying, if you will accept it, Elijah's already come. But Elijah is coming and restoring all things. Number three, did Jesus teach that John the Baptist was Elijah? Jesus taught that John the Baptist was the Elijah that was to be looked for by those who believed in Jesus. Matthew eleven thirteen 13 to 15. From the days of John the Baptist until now, 
The kingdom of heaven has suffered violence, and the violent taken by force. For all the prophets and the law prophesied until John. And if you are willing to accept it, he is Elijah who is to come. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. So Jesus says that if you will accept it, uh, John the Baptist is Elijah. Number four, the father of John the Baptist was told that John would minister in the power and spirit of Elijah. Luke 1, 13 through 17. But the angel said to him, do not be afraid, Zechariah, for your prayer has been heard and your wife Elizabeth will bear you a son and you shall call his name John. And he will have joy and gladness and many will rejoice at his birth. And he will be great before the Lord. And he must not drink wine or strong drink. And he will be filled with the Holy Spirit even from his mother's womb. And he will turn many of the children of Israel to the Lord their God. And he will go before him in the spirit and the power of Elijah. So he is going to have an Elijah-like ministry. Is one way of paraphrasing that. That John the Baptist is going to minister in the way and in the power that Elijah ministers. So we ask the question, what did John the Baptist have in common with Elijah? Well, we can look at a number of things. John the Baptist wore a similar garment to that of Elijah. 2 Kings 1.8, they answered him uh, when the king was asking who it was that they encountered. They said he wore a garment of hair with a belt of leather about his waist, and he said, it's Elijah the Tishbite. Matthew 3, 4, now John wore a garment of camel's hair, a leather belt around his waist, and his food was locusts and wild honey. So John the Baptist's outward appearance was similar to that of uh, Elijah. John the Baptist is said to have a similar ministry to Elijah. The spirit and power of Elijah does not have to do with his ability to perform miracles. We mention that because Elijah's successor prayed for a double portion of Elijah's spirit. If you remember the story in the Old Testament, just before Elijah is caught up into heaven, Elisha asks for a double portion of Elijah's spirit. It's found in 2 Kings 2, 8 and following. Then Elijah took his cloak and rolled it up and struck the water, and the water was parted to one side and to the other, till the two of them could go over on dry ground. When they had crossed, Elijah said to Elisha, Ask what I shall do for you before I am taken away. Elisha said, Please let me that there be a double portion of your spirit on me. And he said, You have asked a hard thing, yet if you see me as I am being taken from you, it shall be uh, so for you. But if you do not see me, it shall not be so. And they still went on and talked. The whole chariots of fire and horses of fire separated two of them. And Elijah went up by a whirlwind into heaven. It has generally been understood that the double portion of Elijah's spirit was manifested in Elisha's ability to perform twice the recorded miracles that Elijah performed. So if you look at the ministry of Elijah and you look at the ministry of Elisha, and you look at their recorded miracles, you find out that Elisha performed exactly twice the number of miracles that Elijah did. And so most commentators take that to mean when he asked for a double portion of Elijah's spirit, he was asking for the power uh, to perform miracles. 
And uh, indeed, he performed twice as many miracles as did uh, Elijah. <clears throat> Three, John the Baptist did not perform any recorded miracles, not a single one. There is no reference at all to any miracle that John the Baptist performed. So when it says that he is going to minister in the spirit and power of Elijah, we're not to understand it in terms of miracles, because he didn't do any miracles. So the ministering in the spirit and power of Elijah must be in some other way than in performing miracles. And yet, there was no one greater than John the Baptist, Matthew 11 and following. And as they went away, Jesus began to speak to the crowds concerning John. What did you go out into the wilderness to see? A reed shaken by the wind? What then did you go out to see? A man dressed in soft clothing? Behold, those who wear soft clothing are in king's houses. What then did you go out to see? A prophet? Yes, I tell you, and more than a prophet. This is he of whom it is written. Behold, I send my messenger before you, who will prepare your way before you. Truly I say to you, among those born of women, there has risen no one greater than John the Baptist. Yet the one who is least in the kingdom of heaven is greater than he. From the days of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of heaven has suffered violence, and the violent taken by force. For all the prophets in the law prophesied unto John. And if you're willing to accept it, he is Elijah who is to come. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. John the Baptist's ministry was like that of Elijah in that it brought about a great revival in Israel. Luke 1.17 And he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. So when the Bible says that he ministers in the spirit and power of Elijah, it's talking about this spiritual transformation that's going to take place. Just as there was a revival in Israel under the ministry of Elijah, so too there's going to be a revival in Israel under the ministry of John the Baptist. Because John the Baptist is preparing people to receive and believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. And of course, John the Baptist baptizes many uh, in uh, recognizing that, behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Uh, Jesus, uh, John the Baptist is making uh, the way ready for Jesus that people would believe and trust in him. So he was to prepare a people for Christ's coming. And he will go before him in the spirit and power of Elijah to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children, disobedient to wisdom of the just, to make ready for the Lord a people prepared. So now the question is, will Elijah minister prior to the second coming of Christ? Are we to understand that indeed Elijah is going to return and prepare people for Christ's second coming? Is Elijah one of the two witnesses of Revelation chapter 11? In some prophetic circles, uh, it is widely held that one of the two witnesses is Elijah and the other witness is Moses. Uh, that's a very common thought in many prophetic circles. 
So if you look at Revelation 11, 1 and following, it reads this. Then I was given a measuring rod like a staff, and I was told, rise and measure the temple of God and the altar and those who worship there. But do not measure the court outside the temple. Leave that out, for it is given over to the nations, and they will trample the holy city for 42 months. And I will grant authority to my two witnesses, and they will prophesy for 1,260 days, clothed in sackcloth. These are the two olive trees and the two lampstands that stand before the Lord of the earth. We find this in the book of Zechariah also, but I'm not going down that rabbit trail tonight. B, there are some similarities between Revelation 11 and Elijah's previous ministry. There's the similarity of fire, Revelation 11:5, and if anyone would harm them, fire pours out from their mouth and consumes their foes. In 1 Kings 18 and following, uh, and at that time, the offering of the oblation, Elijah the prophet came near and said, O Lord God of Abram, Isaac, and Israel, let it be known this day that you are God in Israel, that I am your servant, and I have done all these things at your hand. Answer me, O Lord, answer me, that this people may know that you are the Lord our God, that you have turned their hearts back. Then the fire of the Lord fell and consumed the burnt offering and the wood and the stones and the dust and licked up the water that was in the trench. You know the story of Mount Carmel. You know of Elijah calling down fire from heaven and uh, defeating the prophets of Baal. There is the similarity of withholding rain. In Revelation 11 and 6, they, that is the two witnesses, have the power to shut the sky that no rain may fall during the days of their prophesying. Of course, you know that uh, in the days of Elijah, it did not rain. And in James chapter 5, verse 17, it says, Elijah was a man with a nature like ours. He prayed fervently that it might not rain, and for three years and six months it did not rain on the earth. Then he prayed again, and heaven gave rain, and the earth bore its fruit. So the two prophets withhold rain, Elijah withheld rain. And aside, there are many similarities between the judgments found in the book of Revelation and the judgments that come upon Egypt and others in the Old Testament. Uh, you can find myriad of, of uh, as I say, similarities. Uh, it, one is to teach us the reality of judgment, to teach us that these judgments are not just figurative, they're literal, they're going to take place just as the, ju the um, judgments came upon the land of Egypt, the plagues, etc. We have those same things in the book of Revelation. And there's no reason to think that they aren't literal in the book of Revelation because they were literal in the book of Exodus. We're going to see those as foreshadowings. Number four, there's the similarity of sparing God's people in judgment. However, it should be noted that these prophets later die. And when they have finished their testimony, the beast that rises from the bottomless pit will make war on them and conquer them and kill them. And their dead bodies will lie in the street of the great city that symbolically is called Sodom and Egypt, where their Lord was crushed. For three and a half days, some from the peoples and tribes and languages and nations will gaze at their dead bodies and refuse to let them be placed in a tomb. And those who dwell on the earth will rejoice over them and make merry and exchange presents because these two prophets have been a torment to those who dwell on the earth. But after the three and a half days, a breath of life from God entered them, and they stood upon their feet, 
and great fear fell on those who saw them. Then they heard a loud voice from heaven saying to them, come up here, and they went up to heaven in a cloud, and their enemies watched them. So one of the issues, as you look at this, was did Elijah and Moses die uh, in the Old Testament? Um, Elijah's caught up into heaven. Uh, they search for the body of Moses and cannot find it. Uh, it does appear that Moses died, uh, but Elijah has just caught up into heaven. And so some say that, therefore, he's going to come back and prophesy and then be killed and then be resurrected. Um, it's hard to imagine that if indeed Elijah is in heaven, which he is, so that's not the conditional statement, okay, but since he is in heaven, uh, one would think that he has been transformed, that he's been glorified, okay, uh, doesn't seem like likely to me that he'd be coming back with an earthly body, all of which to say, you know, there it is out there, um, a lot of people say he's, he's uh, one of the two witnesses. Conclusion. Malachi speaks of Elijah preceding the great and terrible day of the Lord. Behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the great and awesome day of the Lord comes. And he will turn the hearts of their fathers to their children and the hearts of the children to their fathers, lest I come and strike the, the land with a decree of utter destruction. I hope you can remember last week's handout. Uh, I don't expect you to remember all those pages and all those, that information. But if you remember, I talked about the mountain peaks and how two events often appear as a singular event uh, with no space and time, and in actuality, there's a great distance. I'm saying to you, it's possible to read Malachi chapter 4 and see within that both the first coming and the second coming. And so it could easily be fulfilled in Elijah before the first coming and being John the Baptist and not require Elijah coming before the second coming. It's also easy to read Malachi 4 and see a literal Elijah coming back and ministering before Christ returns the second time. So B, was this prophecy fulfilled in the Lord's first coming? I would think that the great and terrible day of the Lord has reference to the Lord's second coming. Will the literal Elijah come just before the Lord's second coming? Or was the coming of Christ seen as one event before the great and terrible day of the Lord, the Christ comes at his first coming, not smiting the earth with a curse, and thus fulfilled in John the Baptist? Will the historical Elijah once again have an earthly ministry just prior to the Lord's second coming? All of that background to come to this point. I'm just trying to give you all of the New Testament material that's relevant to this question. And uh, the commentaries that I consulted and looked at, uh, the one that I found to be the most helpful in answering this question, doesn't go through all that material that I did, but the summation here, I thought, was the most helpful. And so I quote it. It comes from uh, the books of Haggai and Malachi, the... Uh, New International Commentary on the Old Testament. I quote, In the history of exegesis, many Jewish and Christian interpreters maintained that the historical prophet Elijah will return in person. This was apparently also the point of view of the Septuagint 
and of the Jews in the time of Christ, Matthew 17, 10, 11. Probably because of Elijah's ascension to heaven, 2 Kings 2, 1, 11, and the subsequent expectation of his coming again. In the New Testament, the proposed work of this Elijah was applied to John the Baptist, Luke 1, 17. Jesus answered the question of the disciples. Why then do the teachers of the law say that Elijah must come first? Is to be sure, Elijah comes and restore all things, but I tell you, Elijah has already come, Matthew 17, 10 to 13, uh, and then the parallel, Mark 9, 11 to 13, the NIV, and if you are willing to accept it, he, John the Baptist, is Elijah who is to come. In the light of the New Testament application, it is not necessary to expect the coming again in person of the historical prophet Elijah. He was introduced in our text as a typical representation of the Old Testament prophets. What was said about the historical Elijah who has proclaimed the divine judgment on a wicked dynasty and apostate nation, but at the same time has called them to repentance, 1 Kings 18, 20 to 46, has been applied to Elijah of our text. He will go before the Lord in the spirit and power of Elijah. I think that's a Accurate statement that it could be fulfilled in John the Baptist and that we don't necessarily have to see a literal Elijah coming back. It wouldn't surprise me if Elijah literally comes back, all right? Uh, all to say we really don't know. But either way, the, the scriptures are truthful in their representation, okay, if you understand what I'm saying. There's latitude to understand what is meant by Elijah's coming. So, on that unhelpful conclusion, uh, we end the book of Malachi, and we will start the book of Revelation in two weeks. Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you for your grace and goodness, and uh, Lord, for your word and uh, we acknowledge that many times it's difficult to interpret and to fully understand. But, uh, Lord, we just thank you that uh, you are returning. And we thank you, O oh Lord, that uh, you are going to have people minister before you return to prepare people that they would be ready. Uh, Lord, uh, we say, even with the Apostle John, even so come Lord Jesus. Uh, thank you for coming again and reigning on this earth. For it's in Jesus' name we give thanks. Amen. Thank you, and you are dismissed. Have a wonderful...